I'm sick and you're wearing that fedora. I just felt so much worse. Like I was, I thought I was on my way back to like feeling okay. And then I saw that hat and now I feel like throwing up again. How's it going? Oh my God. Do you, you sound, think I sound too bad to record? You sound like James Harden in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do not feel good. All right, let's just record this. All right, I'm joined by Judas. <laughs> Harrison is over here drinking out of a Lakers Nation mug. Harrison, how you doing? I I used to work for them, and it's a great mug, so I don't really see what the problem is. I mean, the problem is that like it's Lakers Nation. This is a silver screen and roll podcast, but no, you're fine. You're right, hey, man. Like totally Lakers, normal. If silver screen and roll had sent me a mug to put my tea in to soothe my fractured, damaged throat, then I would be drinking out of that. How did you lose your voice? Uh, I got really sick. <laughs> that explains it. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. Oh, man. All right, today's well, show. I, mean, I actually, before we go too far down this, I actually, I, I can get into a theory that I have, if you want. All right, yeah. This is going to be kind of a weird show anyway. Since Is we're it both about delirious. Lakers Nation? No, it's not. It's about mm. the Lakers mm. and my career. So, I mean, as most of you are aware, the Lakers have not made the playoffs or even like had anywhere close to a good season since I started covering the team. My first mm-hmm. day was the day that Dwight left um, and <laughs> things really did not get much better from there. And mm-hmm. so seemingly the team is good again. They are two and one right now. Also, you're listening to the Lake show, a silver screen and roll podcast with I am Harrison Fagan and that is Anthony Irwin. Um, and Seemingly, things have started to turn around for the team a little bit. They got Anthony Davis to join with LeBron James this summer. They're 2-1 and one right now, looking pretty promising, seem to be rolling, figuring things out a little bit. I mean, they're obviously – I'm sure you have a million concerns, Chicken Little, but, like, uh, there are some, you know, good things going on with this team. And so this has led me to the theory that, especially when combined with recent events, that this team – only this team or me can have things good. <laughs> like, it can't be both at once. Yeah. Because – Let's say, okay, so let's like let's happiness is out. mutually exclusive. Yes. So only Lakers fans or me can be happy because basically, like, this all started the night that they got their first win against, <laughs> uh, against the Utah Jazz. This, like, horrible <laughs> series of unfortunate events. So, like, basically, since I started covering the team, you know, obviously they have not been good over that time. Uh, my career has risen to the point where I am now a full time employee of Vox Media. It's great. Um, I can't complain. And, um, you know, things have been going great for me professionally, personally. I've gotten engaged. I graduated from college. Like it's all the these... upset of, a, of the of the millennium. Let's be honest. I know. Right. Like all of it is the upset of the millennium, but especially the engaged part. Mm-hmm. Um, and so but ever since the Lakers, they won that game and really seemed to seem to turn their season around. I started to get sick that night. It has only progressively gotten worse from there. And I, as I've started to lose my voice and just realize I probably shouldn't be carrying yeah, the you're, you're like doing all the talking here I i'm feel i'm great. doing it i'm gonna i'm I, no load management for me um i got sick why is a coward uh, according to dares and Fagan. yeah exactly that's what i'm saying we're starting this podcast off with hot takes um i got sick i continued to get sicker somehow i like somehow i i think today i'm finally starting to get a little bit better but it's like as my voice is at its worst you know how that always goes yeah um, and of course, today is the day that we have to record a podcast on Saturday night. And I after- thought we didn't have to record today. I thought we were good. I know. You killed me. And I'm sorry. Um, uh. And then so on Saturday, 
I just as I was starting to get sicker, we came home to my apartment complex and the door, the the like gate to our parking lot had been smashed in by a car that apparently that's where a police chase ended earlier in the night while we were out. Um, so our apartment complex gate currently does not work, which is a great security situation that same night. The car battery was stolen out of my fiance's car. Um, so I have to drive. <laughs> that's her why you have the gate <laughs> on my day off while I was supposed to be sick. Uh, or while well, I was supposed to be taking the day off That's sick, terrible. I had to drive I'm sorry, to work. Mia. If you're listening, I'm really sorry. That really sucks. Yeah, I had to pick. I had to pick her up from work at like midnight the ne- that night, even though I was supposed to be resting. Um, and then today, right as I was getting set to go out with AAA and like get the battery replaced or whatever, right as I'm getting set to walk out the door, my cat starts making this weird noise and then starts hopping around the apartment and forcibly vomiting everywhere. <laughs> right as I'm having to leave. And so then I had to come back and clean that up and it has just not been a good day, but (laughs) consequently it's been a great couple of days for the Los Angeles Lakers. (laughs) And again, that leads me to my theory that I'm just not sure we can both have it at once. So I just want every Laker fan to know if you're rooting for your happiness, you're also rooting for my misery. All right. Apparently hugely important question right now. You ready? Okay. Who's been more productive, your cat or KCP? Oh, <laughs> oh, don't do that while I'm drinking the tea. Um, I think I would say, I would say my cat certainly certainly was more prolific at shooting all over the place. Um, KCP though, I mean, he kind of turned it around in the most recent game. Is there are, are we is all- there anybody who's a bigger fan of KCP right now than JaVale McGee? Because JaVale has sucked. Like, oh yeah, no. KCP's definitely taking the heat off Javale, especially <laughs> because it's like Lakers fans have had to de- have been had they just been KCP's like that coworker where you just kind of don't like them is where Lakers fans are at. I think yeah. with him right We're now, and it's like you're just like just give me a reason just, just to be go, upset with. Him. Go away. Yeah, yeah, and it's like me, like, Christian. So just go away. Over the first two games, <laughs> I, I, the, he got the Bronx cheer in that second game for scoring oh. his first free throw was hilarious mm-hmm. um and i mean i almost feel bad for him and he does seem to have kind of turned it around but yeah javel it's been rough for him too you know what's funny is that i think javel has probably been worse than kcp wow that is a hot take yeah i feel that way is that a hot take is it a hot take i feel like it is considering like the perception that most people have had of kcp and some of the tweets that we saw after his uh second game <laughs> Dude, that we aren't going to get kcp was trending yeah. As in, get KCP the bleep out of here was mm-hmm. trending. Yeah. So, you know. I, I still think, overall, though, I, no, I, I, no, I actually do. Like, I actually, the more I think about it, JaVale's probably been worse. Now, do you think that that is because, do you feel that way because you want Anthony Davis to play center? Or do you feel that Ooh, way just in general? Like, is it, does it stick out more to you because you're like, oh, well, we could have Anthony Davis playing mm-hmm. center, but here's JaVale and he's not playing well. I mean, right now, Dwight has a plus 28 net rating. His counterpart on the roster is JaVale McGee, right? Yeah, that's true. So, And Dwight's been good. Credit it, to Dwight. Right. So I think that his, that's why it's kind of stuck out to me. Um, the other thing, too. So what bothered me when Tyler Ennis was a Lakers point guard was that oh, – yeah. What bothered me about Tyler Ennis was that, like, he wasn't a good basketball player and he didn't try hard. And JaVel McGee, like, isn't skilled enough to not try hard. And I feel like he has just kind of been loafing out there. 
The remember remember last year. He, remember last year when Zubot started playing well, and yeah. and Javale started loafing around out there. Like that's that's I'm seeing that Javale right now. That's how Javale has played, and it pisses me off. Like it's I I don't want I don't considering Dwight is out here like playing his ass off and playing to the crowd, and understands that like he has to overperform in order for Laker fans to accept him. I'm like holding back the cough right now. It's terrible, but like the like Dwight is out here actually putting in the work. The way that JaVale should be, and it really shows that JaVale isn't. Well, so that's actually interesting that you mentioned that because so after the second game, which was the most recent one that I was at um, because I missed the Hornets one because I wasn't feeling well. um, But the game against the Jazz, when they went to the Anthony Davis small lineup, they swapped JaVale out for Caruso in the second half. I thought there were two really interesting things from post game that night. And one of them was that. A lot of guys, not everyone, because obviously not everyone would get asked about JaVale, but a lot of guys, including LeBron, when he was not being asked about JaVale, went out of his way to mm-hmm. say, like, credit to huge. JaVale for, oh. like, being willing to accept the role, like, being willing to accept sitting down, you know, it's so that it can win. Like, we, like a lot of guys were saying that they appreciated that JaVale did not make an issue out of that. And we're very clearly trying to praise him for being accepting of his role. <laughs> JaVale, which is thank like, you for sucking. And no, no, not for sale. It's like it's no, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You know, that, like thank you for being it's a pro. Very much he is saying, a... trying to compliment him for a decision that was probably not his choice. Yeah. Um, to get sit down, and then I also thought it was interesting that Javale. Uh, the second thing was that r- directly after the game, he went and worked out. Um, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily like the, uh, most guys don't do that. Go and yeah. work out like right after the game. But it, well, he had plenty of me, energy to, to to use. He didn't play. In the yeah. Center. Well, also to me, it's like yeah. like uh, you know, somebody asked him like Javale, did you go get a lift in or something? And he said, oh, I got to. And yeah. it was like the type of thing where you know he's trying to make it clear that he's not satisfied with where he's at. And like it made me kind of be like, is he really taking this that well that he should be getting complimented yeah, about he's it? Blowing, Steve, just, blowing off Steve, yeah. Yeah, or is this just like a rewind of last year where, you know, if his was this like a preview of if his playing time starts to dwindle, like if these things continue to go the way they're going, is he going to be okay with that? But I, I don't want to spend too much time on that because we finally have a good Lakers basketball team to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, it's not. It's not like a bad thing, you know. Like Javale has been bad, and the Lakers have a player, two players really, who are better than him at his position. So it's like it doesn't really. It's not really a bad thing that Javale has been bad for the Lakers. That it has like forced their hand to play AD at a position he probably should be playing in the first place, and has forced Dwight Howard to matter. And Dwight has answered the bell. You know. So so. That stuff I'm 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 perfectly fine with. I think it's it's overall I think it's really good for the Lakers that Javale struggled. Um, well, and also it's kind of a positive that they've had no Kuzma. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that you won't consider Rondo a loss, but like potentially there were areas where maybe he could have helped them. But even throwing him out, okay. So they've had yeah. they've had no Kuzma, Not who is a guy Kuzma. who I think we both agree will help. They've had lackluster production from unless JaVale. Christian is listening right now, then I don't think Kuzma is going to help. <laughs> uh, they've had lackluster production from JaVale um, and then like kind of lackluster production from KCP for the most part outside of that third game where he was okay. He wasn't great, but he was okay. Yeah. Um, and that, and they're still, they're two and one um, and they appear to kind of be 
finding their stride. There's obviously like the offense isn't perfect yet, which you wouldn't expect it to be. The defense isn't perfect yet either, but they're still, they're kind of taking, you know, they're knocking off the not so great opponents on their schedule. They appear to be taking things seriously enough to rack up wins during this part of the schedule that they need to. That jazz and I think win was legit. Huh? That jazz win was legit. Yeah, like, well, the was... Jazz, I'm honestly not convinced the Jazz are good right now. I think they will be good. I don't think that they're very good right now. But the uh, Lakers, the Lakers made, like, all right, let's take a second. I want to talk about the Jazz game. Okay. Because I thought the Lakers made them look bad. And I think that's an important distinction here. So let's take a second. Let's come back and talk about the Jazz sucking. So I kind of feel like while the Jazz are this clunky, they should go by a different name. Like, it's not smooth, right? They should be like... The Utah emo music. Emo music. I don't think that that's necessarily a real genre, but okay. <laughs> uh, they they looked bad. Utah did. And especially Mike Conley. And as somebody who has questions about the Lakers backcourt that I do, um, Alex Caruso and Avery Bradley make my, made Mike Conley look bad on offense like he couldn't he couldn't get to any of his spots it's one thing it's one thing when you see point guards struggle with their shot right you see that all the time it happens yeah, all the he time struggled in the game before yeah right like he's just he's in a shooting slump right now like that stuff happens but his inability to get to spots really set a tone for utah struggles throughout the game and that that to me more than more than it was like utah not being on the same page right now the Lakers made life on Mike Conley look really difficult, and he's too good a point guard for the Lakers to be like to make him look that bad and not acknowledge it. Yeah, and also, I mean, the constant in making these like uh, these opposing lineups, and again, it's it's only the Hornets and the Jazz. The Jazz, even when they're good, will not probably be an offensive juggernaut um, because that's just not how they've typically operated. No, they have I mean, good, Conley should have good offensive players. They do have some, but they like that's not typically been like Quinn Snyder's area, yeah. like where his teams have done really well. It's been defense. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just like I mean, I'm taking into account that, and the Jazz are not a good offense right now. I think that's clear, um, and. Like, but the one constant in making those two lineups, like, albeit kind of weaker ones, look bad has been uh, Caruso, honestly. It's been when they brought him in mm-hmm. with that second unit in second halves, um, where he has really seemed to make a difference with his communication, with his activity on defense. The first night, it was with Anthony Davis kind of quarterbacking things from center. Uh, the, last night, it was with Dwight and AD. Um, but I think that's been a theme through these co- uh, these couple of games as well. Is like, you know, they're, they're undefeated when KCP scores and they're undefeated when uh, Alex Caruso plays. And those are the two like uh, constants they're, for this Lakers so far. They're undefeated. When Rihanna checks out Alex Caruso. Yeah, that too. Like, honestly, I, I'm not even kidding. I, this should like, this would be a funny take to, to throw out there on Twitter or whatever. This would be a good tweet. But if you get checked out the way that Alex Caruso got checked out by Rihanna, you should be a starting point guard in the NBA. Oh my god! <laughs> we asked him about that. Show after me that the game. lie. Said, Show me the he lie. He said we we're reaching. <laughs> uh, I mean, he look. Here's my thing about Caruso. In all seriousness, and I said this on Locked On Lakers. I have written it on on Silver Skin Roll. Point guards think about the game differently than other positional players do. Yeah, they just do. They they think of the game. They keep in mind. Hey, if 
JaVale is loafing out there, maybe he wants a couple touches on offense, right? If uh, Dwight makes an extra rotation and gets up and challenges a shot at the rim, Caruso knows to reward him at the other end. Or, you know, when Dwight runs, right? When Dwight or AD run and they fill the lane, Caruso knows you got to reward the big guy for for running the way that they did. Uh, you get into your sets because you know that in order for the Lakers to operate at their highest level, it's going to take them getting into their sets and and, and operating those sets at, at their highest level. And Caruso, being a point guard, understands that in ways that Avery Bradley is not going to understand. Quinn Cook is technically a point guard. like He's like the size of a point guard, but really he's more of a shooting guard than a point guard's body. Same goes for Troy Daniels. Technically speaking, Rajon Rondo would be able to fit this thing, right? Right. He he would he fits this description as well. But seeing as Rajon Rondo isn't healthy, it's been Alex Caruso who has played that role. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the Lakers have looked so much better uh, with him on the court as they have. He has so right now the three players in terms of net rating who have the highest ones, Costas Akinokumpo. Has uh, <laughs> Costas Atenticumpo? Atenticumpo. Adetacumpo. Uh, is it? Ade- I'm not, I think it's Adetacumpo. I'm not supposed to say the N? I don't think so. Oh, Adetacumpo. Well, he has the highest net rating on the team in his two minutes. He's like a 30 or something. Okay, well, so let's take out, like, <laughs> I, I looked at this. This was before I was the this. Hornets game, but the, the worst three when they sat. Like, mm-hmm. so like other, another way of looking at the best yeah. where Danny Green, LeBron and AD, uh-huh. well, is well, that the case for top net rating? No. So top net rating has been, so it goes Costas and then it goes Dwight and then it goes Alex. Like that's how are that, the Lakers better without LeBron and AD. The analytics are asking the question, <laughs> right? Like do the Lakers have a big four is what yeah. I'm asking. Yeah. Um, and, and, but I, I really think the reason why. You know, Dwight is as high as he is because of how bad JaVale has been. I think that's reflected there. And I think the reason Alex Caruso is is as high as he is on that net rating is because of his ability to think of the game like a point guard. That's valuable. And even while LeBron James is a supercomputer on the court who also has a 40-inch vertical, right, even while LeBron is LeBron – he doesn't necessarily think about the game like a point guard. He isn't a point guard. No, Mike Prada actually did a great uh, breakdown on this for SB Nation the other day of like how this was making things harder on LeBron. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's not, it's not that he can't play this role. It's just that you're making it harder on him. The re, like, he's having to get guys into sets instead of just like making the right pass and things like that when he's attacking the defense. There's like little kind of differences yeah. in yeah. the way that he plays between what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, those, those little differences look in all professional sports it's all games of inches right to quote al pacino yeah. in in any given sunday life is a game of inches and in that case where you can get a point guard who can get the lakers into a set maybe an inch lower you know a foot lower on the court like one thing to really keep them when when you watch uh an offense an nba offense function at its highest level they never get into their sets much higher than like the hash mark on the on a basketball court. 
Yes, and the Lakers are having to like bring Anthony Davis out yeah. beyond the three-point line and have him initiate some. Right. It's been one of their strategies with this non-traditional starting lineup. Right. Which actually, like, I mean, you, you can make your point, but it kind of leads me to the other point that I wanted to go on on him playing power forward versus center and all this stuff. Yeah, well, well, the reason I bring that up is one thing to watch for with the Lakers is when Caruso or even Rondo is on the court. Watch for how much lower the Lakers get into their sets. And I think one thing that, you know, a team like the Lakers that struggles with spacing uh, needs spacing. You know, Anthony Davis and LeBron need a ton of spacing to work at their optimal levels. And I think for the Lakers, when Caruso is out there and he's getting the Lakers into their sets below the hash mark, you're looking at a very different team. And and I think, like, if you, if you were – because on Twitter, it was funny. Did you notice this? I mean, you you probably don't pay close attention to my tweets every time I send them. Just you know, for uh, I've actually the, had you muted for two years. No, what's the, what's the term I'm using uh, or thinking of? Where like a plausible deniability, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. if you don't see if you don't see my tweet, you don't get to like you don't you aren't held accountable for it. But uh, the Lakers had Avery Bradley, Alex Caruso, LeBron, AD, and was it Dwight? Or no, no, it was Green. So it was it was Alex Caruso, Avery Bradley, Danny Green, LeBron, and AD was their lineup out there. And I said yeah. that swap out Kuzma for Avery Bradley, and you have the Lakers' best lineup. I think that's that's going to wind up being the the best lineup. I think I think it's very possible that that's the case. Yeah, and and so I sent that out, and the response to it was, "Wait, why are you swapping out Bradley and not Caruso here?" Right. And the thinking was that, you know, Bradley had more points in the game at that point. He plays defense in a way that is a lot more obvious. He doesn't, you know, it's not like it's not like fans while they're watching a Laker game will look for rotations, right? Yeah, you can feel Avery Bradley's defense coming off the screen a little bit more because yeah. it looks more annoying. Like right. it's more obviously irritating to play against. Mm -hmm. And like he has probably been better than Caruso on defense, yeah. I would say, on aggregate through these first two games. But but like Caruso, just his defense is a little different. It's taking charges. It's like kind of gumming up passing lanes. It's it, a little bit more. I don't want to use just the white guy cliche, but like a little more fundamentally sound. <laughs> Uh, but that's but that's why he's a coach's son. <laughs> he's gritty. He actually is. sacrifices his body and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Um, no, but but like when when the reason the reason I said you know Caruso should be out there and not Bradley is that in terms of like the team concept of defense. Now when Bradley and Caruso are out there together, the Lakers the Lakers are very good defensively. Yeah. Like they they they, they just they are. Uh, Caruso understands how to play help defense when you have an aggressive point of attack defender that that you know Avery Bradley is. But if I was to pick one over the other, it's pretty easy decision for me in keeping Caruso out there. And it was funny to notice that people wanted Bradley out there more, and it's just because of the eye test or the concept of defense that we think of as casual fans. Well, and also Caruso like hasn't popped out no. offensively necessarily either like even though he's made more contributions he's not mm -hmm. they aren't like ones that are jumping out necessarily yeah. um and bradley shot the ball mostly well yeah um and so i think that it's like a defensible argument if you want to swap those two but um I, I actually i agree with you and would lean towards the caruso one just because of what you, he offers as like a floor general even if he's not the traditional one that's going to be running a bunch of pick and rolls and stuff like that yeah i, I either way though 
Look, the fact that the Lakers have options over the course of the time you and I have covered this team, Harrison. <laughs> they've never had two legit they've options. Never had, they've like, had two good, the good one and the stupid one. They're gonna do like yeah. It was Ronnie Price or Jordan Clarkson. It was Tyler Ennis or Alex Caruso. It was Rajon Rondo or Alex Caruso. They've never had like two options that like actually bring something to the table. Yeah, they've never had two options that made sense. There's always been the one that makes sense and the one they're going with. Yeah. Uh, what what else before we get out of here? Um, we got we got to talk about Anthony Davis at center. I yeah. think a little bit just because there's been a lot of talk about it. Frank Vogel has actually talked about he wants to close a lot of games like that, especially after like how well that obviously worked against the Jazz. Um, and like I, I have some thoughts. I, I know we're only three games in, but I do think that like so one of the arguments for playing Davis less at center was like let's save him the wear and tear. Let's not put that on him um, early on. And I was I was like kind of amenable to that. I was like, okay, that's that's a good point. Like, you know, you got to keep the long haul in mind, like all that stuff. I, I was listening to that. And then I've been watching these first three games, and I know he is happier playing power forward. But is he really getting saved wear and tear having no. to post up against like a set defense no. that doesn't respect the spacing of the of the true five that they have out there, having to initiate offense from the top of the key, having to ball handle and transition sometimes a little bit more often to beat the full court press. Like is this and it's mainly the post up thing and working so hard against a set defense that doesn't have enough spacing around him. Like, mm -hmm. is this really less wear and tear than it would be to go, just kind of guard a bigger player? What's funny is that, like, they have used him at power forward as basically a center. I mean, Alvin Gentry, there was this famous, like, quote from him where he said, like, I would just take the positions on the whiteboard and what I actually wanted them to do, and then I would swap PF and center <laughs> yeah, right. just so that Anthony Davis would play it. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers, because they're posting him up a ton, right? They're, 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 they're throwing the ball into the post, which means he has to work a ton to get his shot off. Um, defensively with an extra rim protector there too. Like, yeah, defensively, he's being asked to protect the rim when and chase guys further out, like uh, yeah. when their smaller power forwards or more mobile ones. Yeah. Which, like, he can do it, but is that less wear and tear? I don't know. Like, it isn't. No, it's more. It's more wear and tear. I, I can, would think so. I, 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 I think pretty objectively, it is. It's more wear and tear. Like what the Lakers are asking him to do takes more out of him than his idea of like his ideal playing style. Yeah. And and I and look, I understand why he wouldn't want that. The other thing too, when he's playing power forward out there, especially alongside JaVale McGee, is that so people think of spacing on offense. Like when you when you when you think of the idea of spacing, it's more of an offensive uh concept. Yeah. But it's also a thing defensively. And one thing to go back and watch, just just watch minutes with JaVale and AD out there at the same time. And it's a whole bunch of like do, do you remember like your, your first first date? Yeah. And there was like the whole like you get into the car first, she gets into the car first or like you go into the restaurant for you get the door for her. It's kind of awkward. It's she's kind of like stumbling into each other the whole time. No, I was smooth. So, I don't know what you're talking about. Your hat would say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like you, that's really what it looks like with JaVale and AD out there at the same time. It's they're they're like, "Oh, well, you could contest this jumper or you could go get this rebound. I guess I could too." And they just kind of sit there with their hands by their side, like, do I, do you, do I, what, what, how do we do this? 
And what that has made for is more contact in the paint for AD because he is sitting there not just boxing out his guy defensively, but also kind of sort of JaVale. Like he's sitting out there boxing three guys out because you're boxing out. He's boxing out his guy, JaVale, and JaVale's guy, right? So he's putting in extra work on those plays that the Lakers get stops there. And offensively, obviously, like the, the concept of spacing is pretty pretty straightforward. And I think, you know, so if the Lakers are going to play AD at the four, then it has to be Dwight because he's smart enough to play center with a guy like AD out there. Either he says, I'm going to go get the ball, or he, you know, communicates with AD. All right, you got to go get this rebound or whatever. Um, and, and what that has led to for, for AD is he's put in a lot more questionable situations than he probably wants to be. And it's interesting. I would love to be a fly on the wall while Frank Vogel is explaining that to him as a concept. That, like, yes, technically speaking, the power forward is probably an easier position for you to play, but not so long as you're on the court with JaVale. Yeah, I don't even know if he'd broach it like that to him or, like, how that would play out. I just, like... I've been imagining the AD like almost as like whenever he's playing center because he said the right things about it. He keeps saying he's willing to do whatever it takes to win. He's willing mm-hmm. to play it like if it's the right matchup and all that stuff, which is good. But I've just been imagining this little voice in his head where every single time that he makes like like when he blocks Gobert, he's like, crap. And like he just <laughs> is cursing every single time he makes a good play yeah. um, because it's like, oh, man, it's working again. <laughs> like he gets a dunk and he's like, oh, I tried to back rim that one. Um <laughs> He's telling the defenders where to be, like on, yeah. like when they're guarding him. You guys, um, and they just think he's like brutally trash talking them, but he's really he just wants to be stopped so that <laughs> like this doesn't keep happening. He's like, oh man, I tried to foul Gobert there, but I blocked him. <laughs> oh man, that's like giving the... him tips on the way back up the court. He's like, Rudy, you got to go harder with that. Like, what's it? What is it like? Wired on ESPN? Yeah, the mic'd up. Yeah, mic'd up. <laughs> I need. <laughs> <laughs> he like dunks. He's like, shit, damn it. He's <laughs> like, hey, Frank, did you see that? You did? Ah, oh, man. Man, dang it. Uh, but no, I think that's really what and, – and look, I think Vogel deserves credit here for broaching it the way that he has, right? Where he just kind of – he basically – like it really was the smart way to go about this. If you want AD to play the five – then the way to go about making that happen is to just let those minutes speak for themselves. Don't yeah. like go out of your way to like, you know, we'd be way better if AD was playing five, you know? Yeah, why talk him into it before the tape shows that that's the right thing? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I it's think... one thing for you to say that that's what you think, but it's another thing to be like, look, like, we are getting outscored massively. Here are yeah. the differentials while you're at power forward. Here are the differentials while you're at center. And it hasn't been that bad while he's at power forward, to be clear. And ultimately, if he wants this, then, like, he's going to get it because they want to keep him as a free agent. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of factors at play here. But you're right, I think, that, like, you want to let the tape make that case for you if you're going to make the case to him that he should play center more. Well, so far, the, the, the things that are making the case for AD to stay at the five or play at the five have been the tape, which is obviously going to speak the loudest, and LeBron. Like, I don't think this got enough pub that LeBron went out of his way to say that the Lakers were better with AD at the five. Like, that was the biggest development of the year. 
Because if LeBron is out there making that case, A, he's kind of sort of AD's mentor, right, in clutch. Yeah. Uh, B, he's LeBron effing James. And C, duh. <laughs> like, of course the Lakers were better with, with AD at the five. And, but, like, if you were hoping – so, like, what the Pelicans didn't have while AD was in New Orleans was a LeBron making that case. The only thing that made that case for, for LeBron to play the five or, or for AD to play the five was the tape. But they didn't have anybody there who has, like, uh, LeBron's cachet to say, I think we are better as a team with AD playing the five. And the fact that LeBron went out of his way to say that, like that was that was far and away the biggest development of anything to happen thus far this season. So I think to wrap this pot up, what you're saying is things may seem good now, but eventually we are going to get a you need to five in or five out tweet from LeBron or something like that. <laughs> yeah. No, we're just we're just waiting for the first time AD actually kind of pushes back on playing the five and that for like eight LeBron's going to take a picture of himself in a mirror and be like, I've tried, you know, something, some kind of subtext. Some or like, kind of or just tweet like, Lord, give me the strength. Yeah. Honestly, he's going to, he's going to tweet out like he's going to tweet out, uh, send AD and Maury to China. <laughs> or like, He's no, it'll be it'll be a lot more subtle than that. It'll yeah, be yeah. like like people who can't change themselves won't change their success levels. <laughs> right, right. Uh, all right, it's a fun show. The Lakers, by the time you guys are listening to this, are going to be back in action, I believe, tomorrow. Right, tonight, tonight. Yeah, tonight, uh, Tuesday night, they will play the who Grizzlies. That's a fun matchup. They should win. Yeah. I mean, I, I said this. I was uh, I was helping out the Grizzly Bear Blues, our sister site, with uh, their game preview, and I said like they, they asked me what I was looking for from this matchup, and I'm like, if Andre Iguodala tries to escape and just hide in the Lakers locker room and hope that Memphis leaves town without him, I think that's what I'm looking for from this matchup. Yeah, that's <laughs> Memphis stopping. Does LeBron just like after like his third miss three just throw KCP towards the Memphis bench? <laughs> Be like, Iggy, you're with me. Run. <laughs> AD's going to send like one of those dirty screens where he uses his hip. And it's going to be on KCP towards the, the Memphis bench. <laughs> <laughs> Poor KCP. <laughs> Who has been like better than JaVale? It's wild. Anywho. All right. That'll do it, though, for this episode of The Lake Show. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Uh, keep those questions coming in. Do we have any questions on iTunes? No, we do not. Not today. So get those questions coming in. You hate Harrison. You hate his like lifestyle. He's trying to pay for his wedding. You're telling me right now that like you don't care about Harrison getting married. That's kind of tough. I mean, evidently they don't because they want the Lakers to be successful. So I assume that's next up on the <laughs> carnival ride of misfortune. No, Mia doesn't care enough about the Lakers for like that to actually affect. No, I'm just saying it's just been karma. I mean, you think the germs inside my throat care about the Lakers? No. Yeah. I've just been. Of course they do. There's like all germs are basically Celtics fans. <laughs> oh my god. I that was really close to just spitting up water on my laptop. All right, we gotta get out of here. My voice is leaving. <laughs> Thank you.